Hello, Internet. Welcome to Off Time Jive on Off Time Internet Radio. This is your favorite co-host, Tyler Pino. The only co-host that matters if you think about it. we got a great show for you tonight. We're discussing the movie Whiplash by Damien Chazelle, starring J.K. Simmons and Miles Teller. Talking about the appalling wastefulness of Mikey Chan's generation. But before we get started, I want to remind you to follow us on Twitter at at Off Time Radio and subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also email us any comments and complaints you might have about Gion and his racist foibles. Find us at Tyler at OffTimeRadio.com, and as always, check out OffTimeRadio.com, our homepage. And if you're feeling particularly generous this post-holiday season, you can make a secure donation through PayPal on OffTimeRadio. That's our website. I don't know if I've said that word enough times. Um, that being said, enjoy the show, and have a happy new year, I guess. Or, you know, whenever this goes up. I don't know. Have a happy whatever. I'm not here to tell you what to do. Welcome to Off Time Jive. My name is Tyler Pino. My name is Michael Holler. And today, we saw a movie. We did see a movie. We saw the incredible Annie with uh, Jamie Foxx and Cameron And black Diaz. people. Yeah. It's... Or other black people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no, no. We, we it saw... answers the eternal question, do we really need a black Annie? What is the difference? Isn't it a little bit racist? Yeah, I think because here's the thing. Like, if you, all right, let's say that it was a movie with an all-black <laughs> cast to begin with, and then you were like, okay, I have an idea. Let's remake it with an all-white cast. That'd be fucking racist, right? It would be. That would be extremely racist. It would so be why what is what you're calling whitewashing? Why isn't the reverse true? I don't know. I mean, I'm not bothered by it. I'm just kind of curious. It's it's double standards. It's it's funny to me. It, it really know. is. Um... Yeah, well, I mean, they they have the whole Attack on Titan film coming out now, which you probably could give less of a shit about. It's already upsetting me that you just even mentioned it. <laughs> but, um, no, but whereas in the source material in the manga and the anime, like, they were pretty much all European characters. Like, they'd be German people, there'd be Russian and everything. And there was one Asian, and it was a big deal that she was Asian, because Asians apparently were long since extinct. And with the new live-action adaptation, the entire cast is Japanese. So I just... I don't know. Is that so? Is that not whitewashing? Is that yellow washing? Is that also racist? Is that? It's called a great big bowl of I don't give a fuck because I don't even know what that movie is. I'm not gonna see it. All right. Well, what we did see, we were lucky enough to see Whiplash. Um, it was a film of which is playing in three theaters in New York, so that was quite an experience. The screen that we saw it on. Um, I think the TV in my dorm room is actually slightly larger. Slightly bigger, and it's a very small TV at that. Yeah. We saw it at the Lincoln Plaza Center, across from uh, the regular Lincoln Center. Yeah. Not directly across. It's kind of in the area, though. But um, It's adjacent. It's adjacent. Yeah, the theater was... The theater was fine, despite the extremely tiny, tiny screens. At least it's a New York thing, though. Yeah, at least it wasn't like the Angelica, where there's a walkway down the middle of the screen yeah fuck that pisses me off so much you have no idea um no but anyways we saw whiplash uh, a film starring my Ma- miles teller yes miles teller and jk simmons 
J.K. Rowling. It was a film starring them, and the basic premise is Miles Teller is a musicianist. He's a percussionist, plays a drum set, and he gets into Schaefer Conservatory, which... Is that a real thing? You know, I have no idea, but... I have no idea. Yeah. Because, I mean, they're saying, like, oh, it's the top music school in the country, which I always thought would be Juilliard, but I don't know. We'll we'll go with Schaefer. Who knows? Yeah, I'm... Despite well, the thing with Juilliard, I think they're a little bit more of... Because this was a conservatory, yeah, which is different than a regular four-year program. Juilliard obviously started out as a conservatory, and I know that they... I think they still have conservatory programs, but they are also a four-year school. Yeah. That grants degrees and such. Other silly things to have when you're getting into the arts. Stuff that you waste money per credit hour for. Don't you go to New York Film Academy? Yeah, I'm just saying. Um... <laughs> I think it would be more expensive for me if I were in the degree program at New York Film Academy. And but, it's already plenty expensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, no, the film's... He's a, he's a drummer, and he gets accepted into J.K. Simmons's band, which is supposed to be, like, the most prestigious the honor. Yeah, the most prestigious honor. Um, and the film's kind of just about him and his journey being a musician, and J.K. Simmons just utterly annihilating his shit the entire movie well jk simmons plays this uh teacher who is one of those like really really stern nazi kind of teachers the ends justify the means teachers yes um he berates his students he he makes them he he finds their like fucking weakness and he just goes for it yeah well in the very beginning it was funny because he was being very very nice to miles teller's character he's like oh what about your dad? And, you know, Miles Teller's like, oh, you know, he's a, he's a high school teacher, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, what, what about your mother? He's like, oh, she left when I was a baby. He's like, oh, wow, I'm really sorry to hear that. And later in the film, he'll just be turning this shit around on him. It's like, you, you know, you're going to make like, your father look like the successful one in the family. And no wonder why your mother left you and things like that. But no, seriously, like, no wonder his mother left him. Because, <laughs> man, he could not get his time signatures right. <laughs> well, the time signature was fine. He couldn't do the tempo right. Um... What were your thoughts on the film? I fucking loved this movie, Michael. I really did. Did you? I enjoyed it a lot, immensely. We walked, we walked out of the theater, and I'm like, oh, how'd you like it? And you're like, nah, it's good. That's how I got Well, I have to digest things. I have to process things. I don't I don't just go out, oh my god, it's a good movie, which is what you did. Yeah, it's what I did, because you know what? arms flailing was, through the air. It was a good movie. Um, Wildly, like, so, oh my god, I gotta go to the Best Buy and so, buy some more things. <laughs> so, okay, here's, we're gonna put this on hold for a well, second. No, let's talk about the film. Let's no, talk no, about no, 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 can, can no, just something Can I just happened. say really quickly that you just, you have to digest the film, so basically what you're doing right now is you're shitting out your opinion. Yeah. Okay. That's what I do, all over the internet. It's all over the internet. Sure to follow us on Off Time Internet Radio. Uh, like the facebook page follow the twitter account subscribe to us on itunes um and stitcher and wherever you stream this from i don't know there are quite a few of you out there that do i don't know where you come from there's so many more people like um streaming it elsewhere that are not on podbean really you know podbean's one of those funny things um because it's just all podcasters putting stuff out so like it's all content creators and no consumers. And I'm wondering, what is that angle? Who's Sharp. listening to stuff on, on, on Podbean, Michael? I don't know. I Th- didn't even know Podbean was a thing that existed until I joined the podcast. Well, they power our podcast. Uh, they do. They're a podcast host. I like them a lot. I mean, but like their, their, their website and their media player, I, I don't quite understand it. The point is, we went to Best Buy after this movie. Um, tell them what you bought, because I still can't quite understand it. <laughs> I bought two limited edition 
steelbook cases for the films Drive and The Raid Redemption, which are films that I very much enjoy. Um, Drive has got to be one of my favorite films of all time, so I was very excited. It's that kind of very beautiful minimalist art style, which I really love, and I've always wanted to start a steelbook collection, so I, I did, and I and, bought And you bought films. them on Blu-ray, correct? I did buy them on Blu-ray, because that's what the steelbooks came with. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong here. You do not own a Blu-ray player. Uh, I, I don't. I, I don't. So you bought these movies, which you will never watch. I watch them. I watch Drive on, like, a monthly basis. Come on. On what? That's that's beside the point. No, no it's, the question, it's really not, The though. question is whether I'd watch them, and yes, I will watch them. You will watch those films. You will not watch the films that you bought physically. <laughs> How much money were they apiece? Uh, they were $14 apiece. Okay, so you just spent $30 um, on two movies that you will never see or even open, really. I'll open them. I'll open them, and I'll have them on my shelf because they're two beautiful pieces of artwork. They come in a tin can. They come in a steel That was book. the selling point. That was the selling point. That it's, what do you call it? It's a steel, steel book. A steel book. I've literally never even heard of this because that's how long it's been since I physically bought a movie. Um, I purchased my movies online, and I, I'm not saying that I'm a torrenter because I'm honestly not, but A, the, the concept of buying a movie physically to me seems a little bit absurd at this point. Because it's the year 2014, um, for the next, you know, couple of minutes anyway. Actually, by the time this goes up, it'll be the year 2015. However, you're not purchase. Okay, no, I take it back. You know what? There is a very good reason to buy Blu-rays and stuff in, in this day and age. Because um, you have bonus content that comes with them that you can't stream on Netflix. And you, they, I don't believe that you could do it on iTunes. You or can't Amazon do it on either. iTunes. Okay, so you have bonus content, but you will never watch this bonus content. That's not true. That's a that's a pretty big assumption. Wouldn't when, you say? when are you going to do it, and what are you going to watch it on? I don't know. I'll get a Blu-ray player eventually. See, my this point, is the first part of the fucking my, equation my that you should have had to begin with. Is a goddamn Blu-ray player if you're going to pay extra money for fucking Blu-rays, and not even just not even just regular Blu-rays. Ooh, the steel fucking case Blu-rays. Oh my God, Michael! And I look, I'm look, I, I could look at it right now. It doesn't even look that cool. It looks like the regular Blu-ray case, only it's in. A, it comes in a metal tin can. Well, my the point of buying and it's not even actually steel. It's aluminum. It's flimsy. Well, my point of buying this Blu-ray, the the steel bookcases, is that they were this whole limited edition Best Buy thing, and they were really pretty. And steel books go for a lot of money online, and they were so. Are pretty. you actually going to sell it? No, but my point is they were so pretty, and I really wanted a steel book because I do want to start. Why a Why didn't you get the collection. poster or something? Because I, I don't like getting posters. Put a poster up where you could look at it. Where, where are you going to put it on these shelves? F- fucking right next to my signed copy of Dread, in between the two stores. And it's just going to clutter. You can't see it. You just threw money away. You're everything that's wrong with America, Michael. You really are. You don't even, and you. That's the thing is, you don't even understand like what's 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 wrong with that. I'm gonna use it eventually. Are you? Yeah. See, this 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 isn't. You're saying my problem is foresight, and yes, you you are the problem with America. You are the problem of America that Am hates I? people with foresight. Hates people with foresight. You didn't buy it to watch it. You bought it because it was in a pretty case. Ah. <sighs> Arguable. <laughs> oh my god. The cases are really pretty, though. Mm-hmm. And what did you have for dinner tonight? Uh, I uh, I had I I ate cheese. I I failed to see how that's relevant. <laughs> 
it is relevant because we went and got food and you didn't get any food. And what was the reason for that? I didn't want to spend money on food. You didn't want to spend money on food. But you will spend money to have a picture of Ryan Gosling on a tin can. Well, yeah, because I'm a sensible human being. That doesn't make any sense. Makes total sense. There are people on 34th Street right now. I can see them looking out the window. They're homeless, and they can't even afford to feed themselves or clothe themselves or house themselves. And then there are people that go and buy two Blu-rays for $30 that they're not even going to watch because it comes in a pretty tin can. I think the difference is that I now have Ryan Gosling in my life. and that's, No, you that's, don't. Yeah, that's, you have that's, a picture uh, of Ryan Gosling in your life that you could have gotten for free on the internet. You could have put it as the background of your fucking phone. You could have looked at him every day. I'm sure he's got celebrity nudes out there. North Korea just got into everybody's email. I don't know if you know about that. And what did you do? You bought him on a tin can. Doesn't even look like him. He's like pink. <laughs> it's called stylization. Um... Did this, did this segment have a point, Pino? Yeah. I, I bought. Fuck you. That's the point. <laughs> I bought Blu-rays. They were really nice. They're not. They're, They're not like, even all that great. That's subjective. Um, I I because you've been you, talking this up too. You've been talking this up for the last like however long. I it had to have been like two three weeks ago when you first brought it up. And I'm thinking like a it's that's stupid and wasteful. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, maybe it does look really cool. And I'm picturing like this giant box set. Where it's like this collector's edition thing. No, it's just literally the regular DVD case, only it's printed on a tin can. Well, it's not the regular DVD. I have the regular DVD case. And what does that look like? Is it the same picture? No, it's not the same picture. No, it's kind of the same picture, but that's not the point. Um, (laughs) It's it's different. (laughs) Sorry to everyone's ears who just had to hear that. I just backed up for that. It's fine. It's fine. No, I mean, it's not It's not the volume of it. It's the fact that they had to hear you laugh. I'm sure that's very painful for most people. To it hear. doesn't happen often. Yeah, no, it's, I'm sure their ears are bleeding now. Sorry about that. Oh, good God, Michael. You're very pretty. I regret Talk nothing. Talk about the fucking movie. Just, uh, where was I? Well, what did you think of the movie, Pino? I liked it. We already went over that. I liked it a lot. Yeah, you're shitting out your opinion right now. Um, It was very good. It was very... It was shot a little awkwardly at points for me. I, th- I felt like it was edited too highly at points. I mean, a lot of it, it, it does make sense because he's a drum set player and mm-hmm. it's very frantic and it's very... It felt jazzy. Yeah, it felt jazzy. Uh, and for a lot of the film, like I'd say 95% of it, it really worked. But there were certain times where the, the music slowed down, I mean, relatively speaking, but it slowed down a bit and it still had this really frantic, fast-paced editing style. And it, it kind of threw me off for a bit. Yeah. But uh, that's... I don't know. I didn't have that problem. Um, yeah. I mean, that's of complaints. That's my only complaint. <laughs> a minor complaint. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The performances were really good. Um, what is the lead kid's name? Andrew Miles something. Oh, the actor. Yeah. Miles Teller. He was very good in this. And you know what? I also found interesting. He's twenty-eight years old, playing a nineteen-year-old, and I bought it. Yeah. Yeah. He's basically Tobey Maguire. Uh, yeah. Except a much better actor. Um. No, but for those of you that don't know, Miles Teller is the new Reed Richards in the new Fantastic Four reboot, if you were not aware. Which, Which is fucking weird. It, yeah, it's it's really weird. Of of the things that we will inevitably be saying about that film, I don't think one of the things will be, yeah, Miles Teller was a bad actor. Yeah, him and both Michael B. Jordan, I like them a lot. Um, I just don't understand them for their respective roles. Well, have you have you heard about like the different angles that the film is taking? No. 
Have you heard about who Doctor Doom is? No. No. Okay. All right. So uh, it was. It went up recently. Uh, the actor who's playing Doctor Doom. Well, technically not even Doctor Doom. The actor who's playing the character of Doom uh, was stating recently, like about his character. And I guess he wasn't supposed to say anything because the film's so far about being out and they're trying to keep it under wraps. But the character of Doom, in quotations, uh, is a computer hacker that causes problems for the protagonists. And Is he from North Korea? No, no, no. But he's, he's not a doctor, but he goes by the internet alias name of Doom. Not even Dr. Doom? No, not even So Dr. he's not Doom. even like Dr. Dre where he's like not really a real doctor, I assume. No, no, no. Unless no, Dr. Dre is a real doctor. He's, he's probably like Dr. Pepper, actually. What are you saying about Dr. Pepper? It's delicious. Motherfucker. Mr. Pibb is better, a... but, you know. Yeah, Mr. Pibb doesn't even have a fucking PhD. So. So? 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 Well, I mean, he came, he came from the olden days where you didn't need a fucking PhD to get a job at McDonald's. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyways... Yeah, no, that's the character of Doom in Fantastic Four. I hope you're all very, very excited. I'm not. I mean, that's an it's an interesting spin. I don't know why they're doing it, though. Because we still haven't even gotten a good Fantastic Four movie. No. <laughs> I mean, why haven't. not just reboot it? Say, okay, we're going to try again, and we're going to make it good this time. Instead of being like, you know what? We need a completely different direction. The America is sick of the Fantastic Four. I, for one, am not because I don't, I don't even remember those other two I think movies. It was so I would, I would say eighty percent of the American public doesn't give a shit about the no. Fantastic Four. No, and you know what? I don't even give a shit about the Fantastic Four anyway. I'm just saying that like they they could very much make a regular just run of the mill Fantastic Four movie and have it be decent. Yeah, and I'd be like, all right. I, I don't, it's it's not like Spider-Man where it's just like, let's reinvent it because we've seen it so many goddamn times at this point. Can we um, not reinvent Spider-Man No, I don't anymore? want them to reinvent Spider-Man, but you know what I mean? It's like, we could very much get the Fantastic Four origin story again, and I don't think that would be too much. Yeah, well, I mean, the origin story was handled fairly terribly. Everything was handled fairly <laughs> terribly. Yeah, I mean, I don't even really know the Fantastic Four origin story. It's more like, or less what it was. Bar about from they, uh, they go. It's it's stupid. I mean, it's, yeah, it's well, really it's a they're not a first rate comic book team in my opinion, or a second rate. Uh, the only they're a fourth four rate. Yeah, the only aforementioned uh, knowledge I have about the Fantastic Four is the old, old animated series. Oh, what from like the seventies? Yeah, yeah. That was my mindset of Fantastic Four. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that. Wow, really? Nope. Weren't you, like, in your 20s when that came out? I know. I had better things to do. Oh. Um, but, yeah. Fantastic Four. God, what the fuck? Galactus is a cloud. Um, yeah. Anyways, Miles Teller. In Whiplash, outstanding performance. Mm -hmm. Really. You know what's weird about him? His face? His, uh... No. He's really he does scarred. Have he does have, yeah, scars. What is what, what is the deal with that? I don't know. But Look him up on the IMDb. See if he's got some fun trivia. But he's got this voice that sounds almost identical to Jonah Hill. It really sounds like Jonah Hill was doing a voiceover uh, for all of his lines in this movie. I didn't necessarily have that impression, but I don't think I can He sounds exactly disagree. like him. Where are they from? Who? What accent is that? Both Miles Teller? He's from Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Is Jonah Hill also from Pennsylvania? I have no idea. 
Trivia. Okay. Uh, You're not like up on your Jonah Hill knowledge. I'm not. The only thing. What kind of a podcast co-host are you? The only thing I know about Jonah Hill is he had a very, very awkward moment with Morgan Freeman. Yeah. In a car. Uh, Oh, he was in the remake of Footloose. Apparently, they made a remake of Footloose. Yeah, you didn't know that. Came out like three years ago or something. I bet it was really, really good. It's totally unnecessary. I hear it wasn't that bad, actually. Um. So he's officially just he's in remakes of things. It's pretty much. Well, Whip, 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 Whiplash wasn't a remake. Yeah, it was. It was a remake of a short film called Whiplash. Oh, done by the same director. Uh, you know what? It just looks like he has scars on his face. There's no really explanation for it. What happened? That that'd be an interesting story. I'd want to hear that story. Um. So if you're listening, please write in and tell us uh, why this guy's so scarred, or if he himself is listening. Please te- write in and tell us why you are so scarred. Yeah. He was in Divergent? Jesus Christ. Was he? I guess so. I thought Jonah Hill was from New York. I have no idea. I'm just scrolling through this man's Facebook, uh, not Facebook, his IMDb page, and I'm looking at all the things he's nope. been in. He was born in L.A. Jonah Hill? Like a motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Wow, he was in Divergent? God, I just must not have been that memorable. That movie wasn't terribly memorable, but it wasn't bad. Um, yeah, J.K. Simmons. What is that? That's like the other Twilight. Yeah, yeah. It's the it was Twilight it was Hunger by Games. far. It was I think it was by far the teen novel adaptation into a movie where I didn't want to kill myself the most. Because Hunger Games, watching that first film, made me straight up want to slip my wrist in the theater. What was the one where they're angels? What? There was another like teen romance drama oh, series. Oh, oh, oh! I don't even uh, think they made more than one of them. God, fuck! I can't remember. My, I had a friend that. The read Mortal it. Instruments is what it was called. Oh yeah, that was a movie too, wasn't it? Wait, is there another teen romance angel series that you were thinking of? Yeah, I think so. God, who fucking cares at this point? Teen, teen, uh, young adult novels is something that just pisses me off to no end. I just, I really can't stand it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not seen. A good young adult book made into movie ever. Have you seen a good young adult book? Period. I tried reading The Hunger Games. I couldn't do it. Well, I I did it, but it was painful. Um, Oh, that's true. You were a teen when those came out. You're a teen right now. Yeah. Uh, I think The Maze Runner, actually. The Maze Runner, minus the past 20 minutes of the film, I thought was really good. Last 20 minutes completely ruined the film. Blade Runner? Blade Runner was fantastic film that was not a young adult novel which is why it was fantastic uh you're mistaken it was a young adult romance novel called do android stream of electric sheep by philip k dick for the teens and the feels don't start quoting Barry so Barry you know Ryan. this movie was good yeah, it was good. Um, it reminds me of why I love J.K. Simmons in movies. Yeah. And boy, was he perfect for this role. It was like, <laughs> yeah. literally, I don't know if it was written with him in mind, but Jesus Christ. I want to know how much of the script was just him and how much just of him, it... Just him, like, improvising? Yeah. Because there was a point where I feel it was really improvised where he says, like, all right, you know, catch the bus, give yourself at least two hours, make sure to save your receipts. Or don't. I don't fucking right, care. Don't fucking <laughs> care. Yeah, that probably was. Yeah. 
And there were ample opportunities throughout the movie for him to just be making shit up as he's screaming at the top of his lungs, berating these poor people. Yeah, and I'm sure he was, which, if he was, props to him. And if he wasn't, props to the director and the screenwriters, because mm-hmm. it was awesome. Actually, the director was a, the writer for it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, his, his performance, you know what it reminded me of? He reminded me of, um, God, what's his name? He was a sergeant in uh, Full Metal Jacket. Oh, yeah. I, I can't think of that guy's name. Yeah, but his performance really reminded me of that. That guy was where, just a sergeant. That uh, Stanley Kubrick had hired him to come and coach the guy who was playing him. Right, and eventually when they were filming, they are like, no, you know what? You just do the role. Yeah, he was just like, fuck it. I'll uh, just use you, okay? That good? And then he went on and played that role even more or less again. It's one of the funniest movie. segments of a film I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Which is sad because it's that. Does that make me a terrible human being? I don't know. There are some things that J.K. Simmons said in this movie where I laughed because it was funny, but it was, <laughs> it made me stop and go, "Oh, that's really not cool. I shouldn't mm-hmm. have laughed at that." But I no, did. I mean, yeah. Well, it was mean spirited, but it was humorous. That doesn't make you a bad person. What makes you a bad person is buying fucking DVDs that you can't watch for no reason because you like Ryan Gosling's face. All right. That um, also makes you like a teenage girl, I think. <laughs> All right, but uh, but no, the movie was stupendously acted. Writing was brilliant. Um, it, it was a very good performance-oriented yeah, movie. Performance piece. The chemistry that J.K. Simmons had with Miles Teller, I don't know if it was really a mutual thing. Because oh, you know what it is? Is they're dating in real life? Are they now? Yeah. Really, that's weird, because normally when two lead characters date, their on-screen romance is terrible. Well, I mean, they're not, it's not like anything serious. It's just horrifying, horrifying, um, by Agel sex. That was the word that I made up. By yeah, Agel. I noticed. Uh, <laughs> there's there's got to be a term. There is a term for that. I know that there's a term for <laughs> that, but I can't think of it. Um, is that the whole thing that uh, Gwen Stacy had with Norman Osborn? Is that that whole... Is that why she it's was It's the whole thing that Gwen Stacy had with J.K. Simmons. Oh, right, right, right. But, um... Who was in Spider-Man? All it was, but, and he was another one of those things where he was, like, one of the major things missing from the fucking Spider... The Amazing Spider-Man movies. Really? I thought the, the thing that was missing from the Amazing Spider-Man movies was, was character. plot. Well, good writing. Character, plot, good writing. direction. Pacing. Story. Heart. The feels. Feels. Everybody gets a case of the feels, Michael. I heard it in an episode of The Flash. Yeah, you, you totally did. Totally not I, pandering. I hope I'd never hear that sentence again. Um, everybody God, gets don't a say case it, of God the feels, it. Michael. <laughs> but yeah, we're, no, we're not going to delve into The Amazing Spider-Man. Actually, you know what? We can delve into The Amazing Spider-Man because Spider-Man is, it looks like, good good idea that it's going back to Marvel. Have you heard anything new about that? I have not. But They're supposed to be having seems... the Spider-Man Summit in January. Yeah. Where I guess the studio heads are going to sit down and talk about what they could possibly do with Spider-Man. And I hope that the entire content of that conversation is literally just a bunch of people sitting around a room like, you know what we could do? Make a good fucking movie. <laughs> How hard is it to do? You know, they already <laughs> did it twice with this character. I think what they're going to do is they're going to take a bunch of Spider-Man themed like Marvel comic books. They're going to put it up on a wall. And they're going to send out a bunch of kittens. And whatever page the kitten like scoops down off the wall, that's going to be the movie they make. 
Yeah, I mean, I know, at, I, I could, at this I fucking point, like the movie, that, it'd be better than the last two Spider-Man movies. You mean and the last, last three? Because really. um, I mean, at this point, they're just they're throwing shit at the wall. Like their their current idea for a Spider-Man film is the Aunt May teen romance story. And you know what? I think that's such a good idea. I really do because I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm sorry for that. I mean, if it's if they actually if they cast Sally Fields, I'll get behind it. I won't. Sally Fields. You'll as, get behind Sally Fields. I will totally get behind you, Sally Fields. Do, Sally Fields you as like her. old. You really young like her. Aunt May. As both. As they both. like digitally. I yeah. They, they actually, I would get behind machine. that. No, I would get behind that movie if that was the case, where they'd like do the same effect that they did to Patrick Stewart at the end of Wolverine Origins. Oh god, where he looks no. creepy and like Mr. Clean. <laughs> it's like they just Botox try to, and Savior. <laughs> And they do that with Sally Fields throughout the whole movie, and we're just expected to go with it. We're like, yeah, this is how you make a movie. She's just like, she's just, she's just the same voice. She's just like, hi, everybody. Uh, it's me, Mae Parker. I, I, that's not my name right now because I didn't marry Uncle Ben. I don't He's know why I call yet. him Uncle Ben because we don't have a nephew or nothing. I ain't even met the guy. Hey. Yeah. I'm a noise. Did I ever tell you about how I'm a fucking noise? Well, I believe the whole premise of the movie is it's supposed to be a spy espionage romance film. Just process that for a second. Process that. Um, I believe what the intention was was to have Aunt May working as some kind of government agent, which, if uh, which I it, it, bear with me here. Logically, logically, if they were trying to make this work, it would be interesting to be like, oh, she's part of S.H.I.E.L.D., whatever, blah, 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 but they can't. Well, they can't do that. They can't do that, right. Um, Because, you know, I don't know if you know, like, Peter Parker's mother and father were actually working for S.H.I.E.L.D. Is that a canon thing? It's a canon thing, and that's why they went missing. Um, Uh, You know, that's one thing that I've never thought about it my entire um, time on this earth, which is a very long time. Because it doesn't need to be addressed. I just don't fucking care, yeah. dude. It doesn't, and I it hated doesn't that matter. that was such a big part of these fucking movies. I'm like, I don't give a shit what Peter Parker's parents did. I already know what his fucking aunt and uncle who raised him did. Isn't that enough? I'm like, yeah. no. Spider-Man could be Batman, too. He had tragic parent issues. Well, he already had fucking tragic parent figure issues. <laughs> Let's just fuck this kid up even more. Um... Oh, you know what would be great? Um, if if instead of wearing glasses, he wore his dad's glasses and he like he just took the lenses out because he thought they made him look cool, like an emo, like a fucking Brooklyn hipster. Why was he a Brooklyn hipster in this movie? Because it's relevant. I don't fucking know. I don't he was so know. fucking cool. Like, everything about him. Like They're like, oh, God, he's such a nerd. He's never, ever, 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 ever going to get his penis into a vagina. He, look, he's a math guy. Woo! But then he fucking rides his skateboard like a fucking boss even before he's Spider-Man. He's just, <laughs> he's trying to, like, beat up fucking Flash Thompson. He's just, he's the cool kid. If this was the Breakfast Club, he'd be fucking, what's his name? <laughs> he wouldn't be Anthony Michael Hall. That's my point. Yeah, yeah, and I think... One of the reasons why I love the Tobey Maguire Sam Raimi film so much is because you get to see that stark contrast. I mean, granted, I don't. I I thought Tobey Maguire was a great Peter Parker. I don't necessarily believe he was a good. He Spider-Man. wasn't a very good Spider Man, and you know what? Part of the problem was is whenever you saw Spider Man in costume, it was never was Tobey Maguire. Yeah, it was always he would like ADR the voice in later. Yeah, and it's just I. 
A, he's not a very strong... He's not a very charismatic actor. Yeah. I wouldn't say he's a terrible actor. He's not. He's just okay. He's all yeah. Right. He's... I don't think... He's, he's like he, Jake Gyllenhaal, where I, he's fine, but you'll figure out about him in the next day. I do feel like if you're going to cast somebody like Spider-Man, you have to cast somebody who's a little bit cooler and charismatic and then nerd them up. Because I think it's easier to go to that extreme than to get, like, a social out... Not a social outcast. <laughs> I mean, like, somebody that's, like, sh- overly shy or is going to have to act to become Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Uh, so what we're saying is it's confirmed that Michael Sarah is going to be the new Spider-Man. Yeah, fine. I'd watch that more than I'd watch this bullshit. Yeah, uh, which I mean, I I don't think Andrew Garfield's bad in the role. I think he's fine. I think I think his Spider-Man's fine. Yeah, I think the I problem think it's Peter is Peter Parker is shit, and I don't think that's his fault. Yeah, I, I think that Mark Webb is just he does director. not know what Spider-Man is. They're, and Sony, I'm assuming, they just hired him because his name is fucking Webb. Yeah. They're like, oh, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking 500 Days of Summer? That's Which, the perfect Spider-Man You know, while I movie. haven't seen 500 Days of Summer, I hear is a really good character-driven film. Uh-huh. Uh, that that has doesn't like, mean that it yeah. qualifies you to direct Spider-Man. No, but it's, it's just fucking baffling to me that he did a allegedly very good character-driven film and then goes and does a movie that has no character at all. The movie, like, well, Amazing Spider-Man 2, anyway, was fucking schizophrenic. Like, it felt like it wanted to be a romance movie, then it was a Spider-Man movie. There were, like, five minutes of that movie that were a really, really good Spider-Man movie. Um, Granted, those five minutes were interspersed throughout two and a half hours of yeah, shit. It was basically the problem that we had with Venom in the fucking third movie. We're like, oh, Venom's in it for 30 seconds. <laughs> but you know what's much better than Venom? You know what people are going to be really happy about? That stupid fucking kid from the 70s show. You're all, y'all love that, right? Yeah. Nerds? Um, hmm? Yeah. God, I fucking hated Amazing Spider-Man 2. I fucking... Like, that's got to be... One of the worst movies of the year for me, I must say. And this is, like, qualifying, too, all of the actual shit that came out this year, like Ninja Turtles and things like that. But, fuck, it was so fucking Did that come bad. out this year? It did, didn't Holy it? Holy fuck. No. Yeah, no, it totally did. Didn't it? It was the beginning of this summer? It was. Wow. Fuck, it's been a long year. But, anyways, So yeah. much has changed for me in my life this year. Yeah, because I don't, I don't know like what the what exactly the Sony deal with Spider Man and Marvel is, but they need to have a production, or a Spider Man esque production, in production every so often in order to retain the rights. And if they don't, the rights I, lapse back over to Marvel. I understood it to mean that they had to have a Spider Man film in production, not just they can't use like a uh, an auxiliary character and have that count. I mean, there are a lot of films that come with the Spider Man pack. Oh yeah, twenty fourteen. Look at that. Yep. There are a lot of films that come in the Spider-Man package where you have, um, like, it, like, I don't think making an Aunt May movie would settle that deal. They could do a Venom movie. Yeah, but you would have to have Spider-Man in it. And I think that it would have to be the main character. Would it? Because, yeah. I mean, there were, there, were other, there were also talks, like, a big, big thing that Sony was going to try and do was the whole Sinister Six movie. Like, they're going to do a standalone Sinister Six movie, because their whole idealism behind it as well. Since oh, because, bo- yeah, all of the characters that they introduced from the Sinister Six so far are so fucking compelling that they need their own movie. No shit. But, but their whole idea was, like, since we can't build up an established universe like Marvel, since we don't have all the characters, we're going to do the same kind of build up all these characters, but it's going to be the villains instead. Which... Would be cool if any of the villains that they'd showcased so far were remotely interesting. 
Yeah. Like, I mean, the lizard, as I understand his actual character, is a nice character. Like, you get this very cool Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing where you like Dr. Connors, you want Dr. Connors to be all right, but you hate the fucking lizard. You ever notice Which, that that's every character that Stanley has ever written? Is really? Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Every villain, rather, I should say. Really? Yeah, look at every fucking Spider-Man villain. It's like a good scientist who goes bad. Huh. Norman Osborn. Mysterio. Vulture. He's not a scientist, but he was a good guy who turned into a bad guy. Stiltman. And Kevin Bacon. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't fucking... Like, but like, the first Amazing Spider-Man film had such wasted potential in that aspect. Cause I could honestly, have been wrong about Vulture, I don't know. Yeah, but because honestly, like halfway through the film, Doctor Connors could have fucking had a heart attack and died, and I would be like, "All right, movie's over." Like, and that's not something that's supposed to happen. Like, even with this, the Raimi films, especially the second one with uh, Doctor Octopus, who was portrayed by who the, the actor's name escapes me, but he's really good. Arnold Schwarzenegger. It, no, that was he was not... originally supposed to play Doctor Octopus when. Um... James Cameron was going to make that movie. James Cameron was going to make that fucking Yeah, movie. he had a script forever. Like he was he was one of the reasons that there is a Spider-Man fucking movie in existence is because um Marvel originally sold the movie rights to the character I think back in the 80s. Jesus. And then after um Terminator 2 That was before 2, like super superhero movies became a thing. Well, I mean, we had the Superman films, but like Yeah, I Batman mean, I wasn't Superman. even out yet. In the 80s, yeah. Well, um, the late 80s was the first Batman film. But, uh, you know, after Terminator 2, James Cameron wanted to do a Spider-Man film, and he had the script commissioned, and the script is hilarious. It's it's the most bizarre thing that you'll ever read. But, yeah, uh, he wanted uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger to be Doc Ock. Arnold Schwarzenegger was also going to play Dr. Manhattan at one time. I do know that. I do know that. That was interesting. Yeah, Watchmen was a he, film They where... also wanted him to play Mr. Freeze. And, but it didn't um, happen, this, thank God. Yeah, it was this Batman movie that they never ended up making. Yeah, was... thank God. Um, Watchmen was a film that I really I really applaud Zack Snyder on this. Only this, really. Because Watchmen is a film that for like years and years and years, directors had attempted and they could never do it. And they'd always say, it's impossible. You can't make a Watchmen movie. It just can't be well, done. Yeah, but what he did was just fucking take the thing and put it on the screen. Yeah. And I don't even think that it works all that well as a movie, honestly. I'd love it. I think it's a wonderful like fan film. Yeah. That's, no, that's what it is. But if you talk to anyone who saw that movie with... I, I've never met a person in my life who saw the movie that didn't read the comic book that liked it. Yeah. They were like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I, I, okay. Uh, I saw it in theaters like five or six times. And granted, I saw this in IMAX uh-huh. five or six times. It was all for uh, Owlman's butt. It, no, Night it, was, it butt. was all for uh, Dr. Manhattan's wobbly penis. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but because uh, yeah. I was growing up, I was a fan of Watchmen, and I was really excited when this movie came out. I was confused. I was really confused, uh, and I was skeptical, but I saw it, and I loved it. I thought it was a faithful adaptation, despite all the weirdly interject interjection of fight scenes. But, you know, it's, it's a Zack Snyder film. Uh, but now Wait, I, did you not read the comic before you saw the movie? No, I just told you I grew up reading the comic. I don't listen to you when you talk. Um, no, you didn't I, grow up. <laughs> You're 14. <laughs> No, but I, yes, I read Watchmen before I saw the film. It's fantastic. It's one of my favorite graphic novels of all time. One of. Uh, 
Yeah, but yeah, I, I do know that Arnold Schwarzenegger was supposed to be Dr. Manhattan, which would have been really, really funny. Because, I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger does two types of films. Uh, he does awesome, badass science fiction movies, and then he does shit. So, I don't necessarily know where Watchmen would have walked that line. Yeah, I wouldn't even say that he does two different kinds of movies. No? No. Really? Cause I, he does I the him... same thing in every movie. Some of them are good, some of them are not. Because I see him, there are films that he do that are like, there, there are films that he does that are really good, like you have Total films Recall. films that he do. There are films that he there are films that he do uh, like Total Recall, um, and you know Terminator things like that where it's science fiction influence and it's really good Predator even too, uh, and they're they're fantastic and then you do things like Commando, or, you know which, God I can't I just automatically blanked on every single Arnold Schwarzenegger film, uh, things like Commando or Sabotage or things like that. But where, can you tell me a film where his performance is better than any other film that he's ever done in his entire life? Kindergarten Cop. That's better. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll grant you that maybe that it comes close to being different. Yeah. Um, oh, well, yeah, he does stupid comedy movies, too. Yeah, yeah. He also played a Russian in Red Heat. Have a Russian that? with a thick Austrian accent for no reason. <laughs> yeah. This is like Sean Connery being Scottish in everything that he's ever been in, even he, when he's playing a... James Bond. Yeah. Yeah. God, we got really derailed here. Um... Whiplash. Go see it. If you if you can see it, fuck. Is this going to get a wide release? I have no idea. I think Birdman got a wide release. Birdman got a somewhat wider release. I believe it went from like playing in like three theaters to playing in like 30 theaters. Well, it would still be like a limited run, but it is playing, you know, throughout the country is what yeah. I mean. Like when we saw it, it was only in New York and L.A. Yeah. To the best of my knowledge. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and, you know, when I looked up where to see Whiplash today, like, there were more theaters playing Birdman than there were playing Whiplash. Like, at the time when we went to see Birdman. Really? Yeah. I don't even think the Angelica is playing Whiplash, which is weird, because isn't that their whole gimmick? Whiplash? No, Angelica. What is their whole gimmick? Like, we play these artsy movies that no one else is going to see. Yeah, it's an art house cinema. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But if you can see it, I would definitely say go see it. Yeah, yeah, you, absolutely, 100%. Go see it fucking twice. If you can't see it, don't worry, because no one's going to be talking about it, because it's being played in, like, eight theaters nationwide. It's, it's wonderful. And you know what I liked about this movie? Um, it wasn't a movie about music. It wasn't really a movie about anything in particular other than, you know, taking Character. things too far. Yeah. Um, the main theme was, do you want to be the best at something? How far are you willing to go? And how far is it that too we're far. allowing, you know, uh, people to push other people? How far can you be pushed where something that you love turns into something that you resent? Mm-hmm. And they did it very well. Um, J.K. JK Simmons says this fantastic line in the film where it goes along the lines of the most harmful two words in the English language are good luck. Because good job, actually. Is it good job? Yeah, way to fuck that up, Chan. Thanks, uh, but it's good job. Uh, and his whole idealism in the film where uh, you need to push people beyond what's considered reasonable in order to make them the best they possibly can be. And when you see Miles Teller, like, in the beginning, like, he's already really good, like, impressively really good. But when you see who he turns into in the end, it's it's incredible. It really is incredible. But you have to wonder, is it worth it? Or was it worth it? No. I think that 
Okay, and this is one of the things about the movie that I really did end up liking, um, because in the first act, I was on the fence. I was like, is this going to be a movie about tough love and them selling this notion that you just have to push yourself really, really hard? And I don't disagree that you have to push yourself really, really hard to be great at something. However, I don't think that you have to be masochistic or sadistic to do it. Yeah. Um, and this, the teacher was, you sadistic. know, a sad- Yeah, he was fucking a sadist. Um, and I thought that the movie was going to be about the, this story, like, see, tough love pays off in the end, and it certainly is not. No, no, that it's at it's all. quite the opposite. Um, well, it do- it doesn't take uh, a huge stance one way or another. Right. It it's... looks like it does, um, and then without spoiling the ending, by the end, it it almost goes to a completely different direction where you're just like, okay, was it worth it? Was it not? Yeah, it, it's kind of it's it's a. It's a moral debate. It's very jazzy in the way that it completely changes its mind all the time. It just wanders, you know what I mean? Yeah, but but not in the way where I'd say it's a negative for the film. Like, I think that's something that worked mm-hmm. for this particular instant. I mean, normally that's something that I wouldn't like, uh, just that constant change of direction. But the way that they really played off that moral ambiguity... I wouldn't like it if it wasn't done intentionally and if it wasn't going someplace in particular. I think that a movie can change tones and a movie can change directions as many times as the director deems it necessary so long as he knows what he's doing and has a plan. It's not like Amazing Spider-Man 2 where it changes directions. Where it just changes directions for fuck all reason and then by the end of the movie you don't, uh, it it doesn't give you a better experience for it. It's just like, oh, we're going to be a rom-com now. Oh, no, we're going to be an action movie now. Oh, no, we're going to be a suspense. Oh, no, we killed Gwen Stacy. (laughs) At which point the film was a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love the point where she's falling down the clock tower and he slings his web down and it turns into a little hand that goes and grabs her do you remember what i'm talking about yeah i do i uh see again it I, was the most oddly I, designed clock tower and why was there a clock tower in, in the middle power of this plant. nuclear or yeah this power plant and why was there a power plant <laughs> in the middle of manhattan i'd been around manhattan it was actually in brooklyn was it yeah it was across the river uh, well, Which they, there is a power plant. They get there. on the they get on the GW, but I don't remember them crossing it. Well, you see, Manhattan that, it in sets the background. it up. It sets it up as if he's going to throw her off of the George Washington Bridge, which is what happens in the, in comic. the comics. Yeah. Um, and then they go back to the power plant, but I didn't realize that that was supposed to be. Well, it would have been see, in Queens I've, either way. I've said it before on the podcast, and I'm going to say it again. At that point in the movie, I was just. I, I was laughing hysterically because I could not fucking believe for as long as this movie felt there was still another villain that had yet to be introduced. Yeah. And then he int- then he was introduced and he had a solid minute and a half of screen time where he killed Gwen Stacy. Like, I did not like the movie it at that point. So I, it felt I so weird. I wasn't on the fence with the movie at that point, but I did feel like they were setting up Green Goblin and obviously where they were doing that. I thought they were saving it for a sequel. But I was like, if they had ended it there, I'd have been like, yeah, it was a shitty movie, but whatever. The fact that it continued was what pushed it over the edge. To, it from became being intolerable. To just like, you know, a mediocre to shit level movie to being a fucking like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. And and the, and the funny thing beyond that is and it that was fucking keeps going. It, it does. It keeps fucking going. It does. And it was the shittiest Green Goblin of fu- fucking all time. It was like... Oh, it's the Green Goblin, but not really. He's just got a case of, like, the sniffles. Face herpes. Yeah. Yeah. He looks kind of jaundiced, 
and his hair is messy. Which is which is really Monster. really which is really sad because the actor who portrayed him is really good at just being fucking creepy. You know? Yeah, every actor that's ever portrayed the Green Goblin apparently is good at that, but they never fucking Use do it. it right. Yeah. Yeah, well with the exception of James Franco. The exception of James Franco. That one was brilliant. <laughs> but um but yeah, and then the fucking movie kept going after that. And then I went through this whole depressed state where he stopped being Spider-Man. At which point I thought, okay, the movie's going to end on a low note. Like, a, you know, how the second film in a trilogy works. You know, characters end on a low note, blah, blah, blah. Then in the third film, they have to come back and find a reason. They have to find themselves in order to, you know, become this person again. But no, no, they fucking do that at this point, too. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm all sad. But you know what? Someone's got to do it. So he just becomes Spider-Man again for seemingly no reason. And it's... The, it's oh, yeah, it's, it's the, the most pointless the fucking movie. It's the most pointless fucking thing. So it's basically he makes a full complete circle in this whole journey. The character is meaningless. I remember the first time I saw Amazing Spider-Man one. We went to the midnight showing. It was with my ex-girlfriend. It was a very dark time in my life. Uh, well, it's, that's, it's fitting because it was a very shit dark time for cinemas. Be, okay, so I went and people were applauding at the end of the Amazing Spider-Man one after the whole Gwen Stacy father shit, um, and I was laughing. Literally laughing uh, when he gives his fucking grief fart cry uh, <laughs> at the end where he literally farting looks out up of grief. and curses the heavens. I call it the grief fart. It makes me think of every like comic uh, that you see when a character dies and another character is holding them. The dead body going, yeah. no! Um, it's from an article of Cracked. I, don't even, I can't even explain it. But... The whole fucking Captain Stacy plot thread in that movie was just so infuriating because, A, Dennis Leary was great, and he was probably the best thing about that movie, um, and then they killed him <laughs> for no reason. And then after he's like, I can't be with you, I made a promise, then he's like, JK. JK, lol. <laughs> lulls and so it's like the it's twitter instagram it's like the whole ending conflict the whole ending conflict of the film for both in both cases is completely meaningless yeah yeah um i actually saw the amazing spider-man one like about a month or two prior to release i saw it with a special critic screening uh which i was very thankful to get in um as you are not special, nor are you no, a critic. No, no, neither of which I am. But we were. I I went to the uh, the screening with a man by the name of Lou Luminick, who is the Lulu, film critic. Film critic for the New York Post. Uh, he's a great guy. Really nice. You saw uh, it here. Yeah, I did. It was actually AMC, uh, Empire Twenty Five on Forty Second Street, uh, and there were a bunch of other film critics there. And we walked out uh, after the film was done, just baffled. We were baffled. Uh, and then, you know, when the film came out, it had been a couple of months, and my friends all wanted to go see it. So I was saying, eh, you know what, maybe, maybe I'll give it another shot, maybe it'll be better, you know, whatever. Halfway through the thing, I walked out. Like, I turned to them, like, listen, guys, stay here, watch it, whatever, I'm going home. And I left, because I, I couldn't take it. I could not take it. When I saw the second film, I was with my girlfriend, I could not walk out as much as I wanted to. God, it was, yeah, yeah. For, the, for both films, the standard I had was as long as it's not as bad as Spider-Man 3, I'll be okay. I was wrong in both cases. Yeah. I don't know why I saw it, the Amazing Spider-Man 2. I don't know why I saw The Amazing Spider-Man 1. I didn't want to. I went with my girlfriend because she had wanted to at that point. I'm like, eh, whatever. <laughs> 
I was yeah. like, you know it's going to suck. She's like, no, it's going to be great. See, and, and my girlfriend, she actually prefers the Mark Webb films to the Sam Raimi films. So that astounds me. I It, it astounds me, but too. But she also like, prefers the Star Wars prequels to Star Wars. This is true. This is also true. And she's not real. She, You've met her. You've met her already. Uh, I met a I met a person um, that was a girl who was a friend of yours. She never said that she was your girlfriend. Actually, the first thing that she said was she was your cousin. (laughs) (laughs) Which we are both completely two different ethnicities. I don't know how that would even work. Uh, Asian, Mexican, it's all the same. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, J.K. Simmons was fantastic. Miles Teller was fantastic. The director, who we need to give a shout-out, because... The director had done previously, prior, prior to Whiplash, did two things, one of which was a short film called Whiplash, of which Whiplash was based on. Uh, so it actually kind of reminds me of Neil Blomkamp, because Neil Blomkamp did the same thing. Prior to directing D9, the only thing he'd really done was a short film called D9. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the director's name is Damien Chazelle, and he's previously directed Whiplash, short film, last year, and... Guy and Madeline on a park bench. Guy and Madeline on the park bench was um, the director's first. That sounds like such a student film. It really does. It probably was. And then Whiplash was his second film, which was a short. That's, you know, astonishingly impressive then. That this was his first First feature. feature Yeah. And it was fucking brilliant. It was. It really was. Let's hope that he keeps that momentum going. It's like, you know, we were talking about Constantine the other day. And uh, we we had all of these, like, small critiques. And it's still really good. I'm just saying, like, this, I don't even really have that many small critiques I could think of, honestly. Like, what would you say to make this better? You said something Uh, about the editing, but... Yeah, which isn't necessarily a problem. It's just something that threw me off. The only thing that I would say, uh, when he's playing the drum set at times, sometimes it's not really clear, just because I think the sound that was being recorded was sound on set and not sound that was post that was you know recorded post so it sounds a little messy did it yeah yeah and I, it, it never bothered me yeah but um, i mean that's that's it i mean there because there are a lot of times like i used to be in a profession. did i leave my drink upstairs it's right there good <laughs> but i used to be in percussion band uh and there are a lot of things where i'm like wow i really that's fucking really impressive and i wish i could hear what he was actually doing they were telling your story basically uh no they were there well yeah that was exactly what happened to me um no i was I it was, was the michael p holler story yeah otherwise known as whiplash um uh, no i was in band for six years six years yeah that sounds about right um and I, yeah i was in percussion played the set a couple times i was terrible at it uh, I did a lot of auxiliary instruments. Did you ever play till your hands bled? Um, the closest thing that I did do, as far as getting a personal band injury, with, with you know, like the other things like dropping instruments on yourself sometimes, uh, with with the exception of dropping instruments on myself a couple times because of marching band. Thank you. Uh, I actually ripped the skin off of my thumb playing the tambourine. You once. ripped your foreskin off. Yeah, exactly. The foreskin on my thumb. Uh, because 
the tambourine, when you're trying to do a roll, you kind of have to push your finger against it, and it's supposed to make it vibrate a little bit. It's, it's really neat sounding, but for some odd reason, our school put sandpaper on the end of it. The tambourine is the most dangerous killer in the animal kingdom. Michael. It is. It really is. Um, it's like a boomerang. It just goes and comes back. Uh, oh, or if you're anyone in the fucking world, it's just like a boomerang. It just goes and <laughs> never comes. Back. Usually falls at some point. <laughs> doesn't even fly that well, actually. You just kind of throw it, and it's like throwing anything else. Boomerangs are fascinating to me. I've never yeah. had one come back. Never! I actually... We, we were talking about the Captain Boomerang episode, and you, you were saying that you've never, ever seen a boomerang come back. And I, at that moment, I YouTube people throwing boomerangs, and I... Of all the videos I saw, not one single person caught it on the way back. Just, they threw it, and it came, it back, came back, and it came... Yeah. It came back, well, and Well, at least that's something. Yeah. yeah. But no, and I... I so I ripped the skin off my thumb playing this thing that was fun actually i might have injured myself um playing the symbols in marching band i was part of the symbol line and my school had a fucking ridiculous marching band uh i think one in every four students in the school was in the music department so our marching band had like 269 members or something like that it was that's an impressive number it is it is considering it's all high school students doing an extracurricular thing uh, but yeah, like 269 members of a marching band. It was basically a fucking army is what it was. Uh, and they ran it as such. It was very regimented. It was a lot of fun. But it was basically being in the military. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> no, it's exactly like marching band. Is it? No, it's exactly like marching band. <laughs> no. Um, no, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I, I probably injured myself with those fucking symbols at one point. I, pr- I probably did bleed a couple times. I just... It must have happened so often, I can't remember it. But yeah, that was fun. Whiplash. Whiplash. Go see it. How many um, crayons would you give it? Uh, I would give it nine crayons. I would give it a solid nine out of ten crayons as well. Yeah. J.K. Simmons, in particular. Just J.K. fucking Simmons. awesome. You know, the thing about J.K. Simmons, though, is he, he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But that's not surprising, because he's J.K. Simmons. Yeah, you he's know? one of those actors. Like, I think he's... I, I wouldn't call him an underrated actor, because I think I've never met someone that's like, fuck that guy. Everybody yeah. fucking loves him. Yeah. But he doesn't get enough love in terms of roles. You he's, never. He's not yeah. in enough. Yeah. Because, I mean, the only... Literally, the only... The only three things I can remember him remember oh god remember him from is uh, he played the voice of Cave Johnson in Portal Two. Yeah, he did. Which was fantastic. That was so good too. That's like my favorite part. I got that Graham is great, just in general. The Graham. The that Graham is gate. That Graham is grape. That grape is delicious. You played Portal Two. You yes. don't play video games. Not often. But you played Portal Two. I did. Is it because of J.K. Simmons? Um, no, I didn't even know he was in it when I got it. I have an Xbox. I used to play video games. You know, a I actually. Bit. I mean, I, I was, you know, I'm a fucking horrible casual, but. Yeah, I actually, I actually have all of J.K. Simmons' lines from that thing on my iPod. Do you? I do. It's it's fun. You it's, masturbate it's fun to, to them. To. No, no, no. I, I masturbate to J.K. Simmons. Role you masturbate to nothing movies. because your balls are cut in half. Yeah. Well, cut open, but, um, yeah, not of recent memory, but, but no, and then he was in Spider-Man, the Sam Raimi series. Wait, who did he play in Spider-Man? He was, uh, he was, um, Oh, he was Aunt May, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He was the original Aunt May. He was the original Aunt, Aunt May. Uncle he did ben. a fantastic job. And he was also in this and prison Kevin series Barton. called Oz. Yeah, he was in Oz. In which he t- 
to Why did you refer to it as a prison series called Oz, as if that was an obscure thing? Because it is an obscure thing. It, it's not. Is it, it not an really, obscure thing? Really, no. It's one of the most famous TV shows fucking ever. Is it? Yeah. Really? Okay, that's interesting. Maybe not in your generation, I guess. No, because literally no one talks about it. Every time I talk to people about, like, what are the best... Well, it is, yeah, it did come out a while ago. Yeah, but but it's always, like, The Wire, Breaking Bad, things like that. Yeah, The Wire. It's not even that much earlier than The Wire, though. Yeah, but, I mean, The Wire is the one that gets a lot of attention, which I have not seen yet, but I've been meaning to. Um, God, what else was I saying? But, yeah, when I ask, like, oh, what's your favorite, like, older TV series, the answer's always Twin Peaks understandably because it's twin peaks did you like twin peaks northern exposure what did you think of that hell's northern exposure it was a show with a moose on it had a moose in the opening credits other than that i don't know what the (laughs) fuck it's about i remember that was a show that my mom used to watch when i was like two really yeah see my grandmother when i was young used to watch jeopardy and wheel of fortune all the time (laughs) Mm -hmm. and 60 minutes still around all three yeah which we actually, didn't we just recently talk about the, uh, was it the Jeopardy guy or the Wheel of Fortune guy who was like, yeah, I'm, yeah it was this Alex isn't Trebek, a threat, yeah. but. I will quit <laughs> yeah. fucking Jeopardy. And if you want to replace Trebek, and they're like, already dead, didn't even know it was still on. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit, you were supposed to be fired like years <laughs> ago. We didn't even know we were still sticking money into this. <laughs> You're accidentally on the payroll still. Yeah. This was an anomaly. We did not mean to do this. You're fired. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's like, like, God a, damn it! It's like just DiCaprio on um, fucking, what's up, Catch Me If You Can. Yeah. He's just making his own paychecks at this point. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, were you, were you ever a musician? I say musician lightly because I wasn't really a musician. I mean, I played cymbals. Um, no. No, no, I was not. No, you weren't? Never. And there were various times when like, I would have interest in something like that. I think anybody did. You know what I mean? Is there any, is there any person alive that was like, nah, I don't want to be a musician? I'm sure there That's are a few. But, you know, it's actually it's funny because Whiplash, like, the, uh, the whole story is the band, the studio band that they have uh, is, like, the best of the best of the best. And, and my school had that. My school had, uh, what we had is the symphonic win ensemble. Did your teacher call you a faggot a bunch? No, no, no. They used faggot a lot in my, this. Actually, my, um, they did. Um, my band director was a fantastic man. I'm, I'm actually pretty convinced that he is a robot, actually. Uh, just because all the things that he does. As are all the best men. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but no, he, he wasn't necessarily scary, but he commanded so much respect that you were afraid of him. And not necessarily because he was mean or anything, but just because he demanded the best and... That's sure. what we tried to give them. And, you know, that's um, the thing. It's like that method of teaching um, what, you know, J.K. Simmons did in this. Um, I fucking hate that. And if you're a person that has been in the arts, in any of the arts, there is that level of pretentiousness where they're like, you have to be the best of the best of the best. And, I, and I'm not saying that about your teacher because if he was nice about it, that's cool. But the people that really, really just will go for fucking blood and convincing you that you have to be best. Here's the thing, though, Michael. No one has ever died from bad acting. <laughs> no one has ever died from a bad fucking piano recital. Yeah. The things that people, that we do as artists, it's cool to take it seriously. If you want to take it seriously, you should always take what you do seriously. However, I really, really fucking hate the kind of people that think Acting that, is life. Yeah. It's because it's not. Yeah. It's you get paid to make pretend 
for a living, and that's fucking great. But you know what? You're not a fucking doctor. You're not a soldier fighting for, you know, a, some brilliant cause. You're not anything. You're just an asshole that does this thing for a living. And it's great that you do, and I'm happy that you do, and the world loves it, but don't fucking tell me that, you know, you're curing cancer, because you're yeah, not. Yeah, no, my, my band teacher, he would always be very much like, listen, this is music, this is something you're supposed to enjoy, mm-hmm. uh, but this is also something And be that, good at it, yeah, absolutely, yeah, be yeah. good at it. And he, he was very much like, and this is something that, like, people are here to enjoy it, so we need to be sure that we make them enjoy it. I think I find it in theater a lot, um, and it's probably because theater... Has, especially acting has this reputation of being just like bullshit, which it kind of is. Um, not as much as silly. improv, though, right? <sighs> improv doesn't it doesn't exist. Fuck it, <laughs> doesn't exist to me. But um, there is this subset of acting teachers where they're like, "This is life. This is the be all end all. This is such we're we're doing such a service for humanity, and it just makes me want to fucking hurt people. It really does. I can't stand that attitude. I really can't. Be happy that you get to be in this fucking field that is so fucking fun and ridiculous and flippant and unnecessary. But don't go and say that you're saving the world. You're not. See, and out there somewhere, there's someone like Tyler, like saying like. Please, this isn't a life or death situation. Please stop harassing me. And the person's going, uh, you're an IED disposal agent. Uh, yeah. yeah, maybe. <laughs> this is life or death. Right. But And I guarantee you that that fucking guy doesn't take his job so seriously that he's like, oh my god, everybody must bow down to me and kiss my <laughs> dick. But you know, this is what you know these really big theater teachers do. And it pisses me off. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. He's... He doesn't like actors. I don't. I really don't. That's the thing. I have chosen the worst field to be in because I hate actors. I do. And maybe it's just being jaded. Maybe it's just having done this for like 10 years. But I I get so sick of it. Particularly theater education, because there there is there's one particular teacher at NIFA whom huh. I love his fucking attitude. Um, he I, I won't say his name because I don't know if he would appreciate me saying what calling he has out? said. I, I'm not calling him out. I love the guy. I fucking do. Um, he's great. Um, but he works for a major TV show right now, and he's you know when he teaches his lessons, he's like, you know what? I always hated acting school. I really did because there are just so many self righteous fucking blowhard douchebags. Um, they're, you know, teaching you to do all of these things, and I won't necessarily get into the nitty-gritty of, of, of drama education. That could be its own podcast, and maybe will at, at some point. But um, there are so many just, like, methods that don't work. Little uh, acting things that are just stupid, emperor has no clothes things. And what he said was he resents almost his, his master's uh, program. Because he ended up paying, you know, tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars for warm-up games. 90% of it is fucking warm-up games playing with a ball. But yeah, I've just become so, I don't know, just jaded to the entire theater school process. Yeah, and even at my really sad liberal arts school, um, I had to take an acting class. Because for my major, one of them is at least required. So I did, and it was a lot of fun. I mean, acting is fun. But um, the teacher that I had was definitely someone who was very pretentious about acting. She mm-hmm. was very much like, oh, yes, and I was in this. 
and I was in this, and I was in this, and this is how you need to do this, and it was, it was annoying. It was really very, very annoying. I mean, she gave me an award for the class, so I don't really know if I should say anything bad, but it was really annoying. I mean, I yeah, think it's they, something, they it, can be. It was fun. It was really fun. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I mean, I've met a lot of really straightforward acting teachers. I've met a lot of really out there woo acting teachers, but I just you know can't stand. But uh, no, acting is one of those things where it's strange because, especially compared to other you know art forms, in that there are so many methods to teach the same fucking thing. Like you don't go to music school. Um, and they don't teach you 6,000 ways to play the flute because there's only one way to play the flute. And you don't go and learn a math problem 6,000 different ways because there's only one way to do the math problem. But with acting, it's like there are 50,000 techniques and they all do the same thing. And no one could agree on what works, so they say you need it all, and it's just, it just pisses me off. Hey, that's weird. They don't let you experiment and find what works best for you? You just have to do all of them? Yeah, nine times out of ten, no. Well, because you'll take individual classes... Um, so if you're in a Meisner class, which I kind of dig Meisner now, I didn't uh, at the beginning of it. What's there to dig? Is it in the ground? Is it dirt work? Uh, it's all very technical and stupid, but I, I won't get into it. But say like you're studying the, the Meisner method okay. versus you're studying uh, Stella Adler's method or you're studying Lee Strasberg's method or you're studying uh, Michael Chekhov's method. All of them are just to teach you to act. Acting is acting. I mean, it's not like one person is doing something different. It's not playing the flute versus playing the cello. It's fucking everybody's doing the same thing. You just have different techniques to learn how to do it. And they can't agree on which one, you know, makes the most amount of sense. Because none of the major acting teachers are telling you that their method is the number one thing. And that's the thing that's different than, you know, normal acting pedagogues versus the great acting teachers whom everybody teaches their shit. Any of those, if you read books by Sanford Meisner, if you read books by Uta Hagen, um, all of them say, you know what, this worked for me. You know, study it, see if it works for you. Uh, but that's not how it's ever taught. There are so many, like, diehard enthusiasts for each of the major, you know, performance styles, and I, I, don't, I don't understand why. Tyler, mm. have you done your Christmas shopping? No. Why not? Because I don't buy, I, I don't have money for that. <laughs> Oh, I... You bought something for literally fucking everyone in I, New York. I did, uh, You bought 8 million Christmas presents this year. I did. I got Christmas presents for my family, my girlfriend's family, and Mr. Pino here. Um, there was a particular present I was looking for for my Closer. girlfriend's father. And, uh, it was a video game. If you're listening to this, which you're probably not, Merry Christmas. Um, and I had to travel... I've traveled to four GameStops... And every time, every, cause and when you get none a, of them have battle toads. Yeah, none of them have battle toads. Fuck, man. But uh, but none of them really uh, none of them were really that well stocked. And it was the day before Christmas ish, uh-huh. a couple days before Christmas. And I don't know what what possessed me to wait this long, but I I don't know. I just figured out, yeah, just go get a game, be fine. It's not fine. Uh, I went to four different Game Stops, and they all had the display copy. Which, when you buy a present, like a video game or a DVD, you never want to give them, like, a pre-owned or a used or even a display copy because it's open and it's messy and, you know. I wouldn't care. 
Yeah, I know you wouldn't care, but, like, it seems nicer when you get them, like, a new copy of something, right? I'm sure it seems nicer, but, like, if I was receiving that gift, I'd be like, totally. Especially if I'm receiving it from someone who's not even 20 years old and doesn't have a real job. <laughs> well, unless it's something like underwear or something like that. Well, yeah, I know. It depends. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I, I traveled. Is it used, dirty Japanese girl underwear? Because <laughs> people pay top dollar for that. They do, actually, which is something that confounds me. Japan, you're a country which I am very interested to visit. Many strange and delicious wonders. It's very nice. So I hear. Um, it's a beautiful country. I love Japan. Yeah. I've been there. I have not. And oddly, I'm the Japanese one. Um, and you, you're from fucking Hawaii, so you're halfway there. Yeah, pretty much. And I've watched too many Japanese shows. But um, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah you really would. Um, but so I, I went to four different game stops. It's about 20 blocks worth of travel time. And uh, I eventually, I got to the point where I was waiting in line, and I was like, you know what, fuck this, I'm not going to the next one, because I was down by, I think, 19th Street, and the next closest GameStop that I could go to was Rockefeller Center, mm-hmm. which is on, like, 55th Street or something. I know where it is! It's for the listeners, man, oh. Jesus. Um, but, uh, but, so I was like, fuck that, so I just walked to the nearest Best Buy, which they had it, thankfully, although I waited 40 minutes in line to pay for this fucking thing. Yeah, that was crazy because like we went to Best Buy tonight and it was It was empty. Fine. It was empty. But you went to the one on 23rd, right? I did. I went to the one on 23rd. The one that we went to tonight though, it was about as busy as Best Buy normally is and in that there was like five people in the store. It's a less residential area, the thing is. Like the Columbus Circle one? Actually no, that's not true. But I feel like there are a lot more rich people over there like Central Park West. Yeah. Versus uh 23rd where they're also rich people, but they're not quite as rich as those rich people. Yeah. Anybody who lives in this part of Manhattan has got to be fucking out of control. Yeah, but... I mean, we live in this part of Manhattan, but only marginally. We're in a college dorm room. Yeah. Which I actually don't pay for. Um, but, but yeah, I wanted to kill myself so badly, so terribly, but I didn't, because it's... It's a Christmas present. It times It's a time for giving. Unless you're Pinot, which is the time for not giving anything. Not giving a fuck. Nah, I just, I don't have money for that. I got you a Christmas present. But... Did you? Yeah, it's on the way. This is it's the actually going to be more of a New Year's present because it's not here yet. <laughs> what, pray tell, did you get me? Why would I tell you that? I don't know. I can't tell you well, that. Well, I mean, by the time we release this podcast, I would have probably already gotten it. I can't say what I got Michael for Christmas. Michael is sitting right here. <laughs> Why don't, you, why don't you just tell the listeners what you got me for Christmas? It was a rhinestone dildo. <laughs> and by rhinestone, I mean it's covered in broken glass. <laughs> so uh, Good, I was looking for the challenge. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah, that's all I got. Okay, Being well. Out. Closing remarks. Go see Whiplash. Uh, if you can. Go see Whiplash. Which you probably can't. Yeah, unless you live in the New York or the L.A. area, you probably can't see it. Well, like the New York, New York area. Yeah. Not even like, if you live upstate, sorry. Yeah, well, I mean, if you, you live... You want to drive eight hours and come see this movie in Manhattan, then all right. Yeah. Yeah, and see, even back home in Hawaii... Um, it's It takes way longer to drive from Manhattan It takes from so Hawaii. much longer to drive from there, but... Um, but no, it's... They have no... There's one art house theater there. And it's just like the Angelica. Uh, it's terrible. But literally every time they get... Art house theaters out. aren't known to be terribly nice, I gotta tell you. That's true. But, um, and but, they're cool. They play 
interesting good films, movies, yeah. But, um, but yeah, every every theater there, they play the, the shittiest films. It's terrible. Which, when I say shittiest films, I mean, like, movies that are released. Like, I mean, what? Re- most recently we got Annie, the new Hobbit film, and fucking... They Exodus play that Stars at your art house cinema? No, no, no. But, but, I mean, like, big releases, that's what we got recently. None of which I imagine are good. In the slightest. So I've heard mixed things about The Hobbit. I don't feel the need to see it, honestly. Yeah, I just, I just don't care at this point. But, but yeah, I'll probably end up seeing it at a week that I'll be just alone in New York. You mean this week? Yeah. Well, have fun this week. Uh, for those of you that don't know, that uh, Tyler will be stuck in his room, masturbating, virtually all day, really. Yep, all day, every day. I'll tell you every day. Like I do. It's going to hurt by the end, actually. It's going to hurt at the beginning, because this is when I like it. Yeah, and that's and that's the point of which where he's going to go outside and see The Hobbit. Yeah. I'm just going to open my window, come all over 8th Avenue, and say, Merry Christmas, motherfuckers, and then go see The Hobbit. Because that's the way I like to do things. Yep, and that's why he has so many restraining orders against him. You can't restrain that which you cannot find, which I'm talking about my penis. Um, but, you know, from 15 floors up, it's that would be difficult for anyone. Well, I mean, it's difficult for you to find him. It's your fucking penis. Right, but I'm saying just in general. Yeah, well. Anyways, this has been another enlightening, fantastic episode of Off Time Jive. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening, everyone. Have a happy holiday, even though this is going up after the holidays. I mean, next year. Preemptively, have a happy holiday. Make all those New Year's resolutions and then forget about them in the next day. Yeah. And listen to Off Time Jive. Follow us at... Uh, follow us on the Twitters at Off Time Radio. Um, listen to us on the iTunes or wherever you fucking care to do it. Uh, that's not important to me. What is important is that you do listen, so thank you. Follow, follow me on the Twitters at... Uh, they won't. At at sign at sign thing. At yeah. At yeah. At holler at Michael because I have like five people following me. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. Hopefully, it's... I can up that to six people. That's <laughs> gonna happen. It would be a Christmas miracle. It would be a Christmas miracle. One more believable than one person traveling to all the Christian countries in the world and delivering presents to all the not. You know, think about that though. If he only has to deliver presents to the nice people, that's like five people. So that's that's totally feasible. Yeah. Anyways. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy whatever Hanukkah. that is. Happy Hanukkah, if that's still going on. Happy Leif Erikson Day. Actually, it, I don't even know if Hanukkah is still on because I can't see the Empire State Building right now. It's too misty. Mm. Happy Rain Day. What, what, what was it that was supposed to happen today at 9 p.m.? Festivus. Happy Festivus. It's not at 9. No? What, it's what all it? day. It's all day? All Happy day. Festivus, everyone. Happy Festivus. And to all a good night. 